And I can imagine, Maurice, it's a January or January for some. Uh, and ultimately, we all start off with the same ambitions, right? This year needs to be a better year for us financially. More commitment, more growth, and more wealth creation. But help us understand essentially how we should be thinking and conceptualizing our goal setting for this financial year. Yes, because I agree with you. I mean, it's easy to set financial goals, but it's harder to stick to them. Mm. And to avoid the temptation and stick to your investment goals, a strong plan of action is therefore needed. And the trick to make resolutions stick is to set a smart financial goal, as an example. Um, But also just thinking about the general definition of a goal, it's any desired outcome that wouldn't otherwise happen without you doing something. So goals naturally contain some friction or resistance because it requires you to do something new or to change your behavior. So there must definitely be a will as one component, but then there should also be a way you know, the how you are actually going to achieve that goal. Mm. And that's really important because it does speak to, uh, I guess, uh, smart goal setting and being uh, yes. clear in your uh, objectivity. Many people, though, are still setting rather rigid and aggressive goals, right? I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of this year. I'm going to save so much every other month. And I understand that sometimes um, life happens and we need to plan in for a level of flexibility. Help us, you know, understand and contextualize how we should be thinking in this manner. Yes. So research has found that while smart goals, um, maybe if I just elaborate a little bit on that smart goal setting. So that's a popular formula for achieving your goals by making them smart. So what it means or what it stands for, it's actually an acronym, SMART, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Timely Goals. So to give you an example, the S that stands for specific, it's very important to set a specific goal. So to have clarity around what you're trying to achieve and know what you want to accomplish by when and why you want to achieve this goal. So I mean, a general goal would be wanting to create an emergency fund, but a more specific goal would be committing to save 10% of your salary each month to be able to say cover three months of living expenses. Mm. And then the fact that it needs to be measurable, the end, um, your financial goal should have criteria for measuring progress. If there are no criteria, you will not be able to actually determine how you are doing and remain motivated. I mean, they say nothing is more motivating than progress. Yep. So when you build that emergency fund, check your balance from time to time to determine if you are still on track to achieve your target. And then the A stands for achievable. So is your goal achievable? How does your financial goals fit in with your other dreams and aspirations? Mm. Do you really want to make it happen? And do you believe that you can do it? So you are more likely to achieve a goal that resonates with your values. And that goes back to that why that I mentioned as a component of a goal in the beginning. And then the R of SMART, that stands for is your goal realistic? So it's also important not to set an impossible goal. So a goal should stretch you and make you feel challenged, but it should also be realistic. So, um, and then lastly, just the T stands for timely or time bound. So make your goal timely, committing to a start and the end date will help you to provide focus and direction for seeing your goal through. 
So if the goal is not time-constrained, mm. there will be less of a sense of urgency. So, I mean, just to get back to that emergency fund example, you can, for instance, commit to saving 10% of your salary each month starting in February so that you can cover three months of your living expenses, say, by the end of the year. Definitely. Very and, necessary. Cont- oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, sorry. And then you're also just um, touching on flexibility and why it's so important. So, yes, we have seen in research that smart goals for weight loss, wellness, fitness can bring you, you know, you much glory, but the strategy is not always successful with financial goals. And that is because our finances are sensitive to life's unexpected events that are often out of our control. So, for example, you may be saving up to upgrade your car, but then you end up having to take financial responsibility for a family member. Mm. So the key for financial goals is to keep them flexible enough to account for changes in income and unexpected life events. And try and avoid over-planning for some of those contingent goals. Um, but to still be planning for the, or saving for the long term, but not to over-plan for some of those goals that can change in the interim. Definitely. And I think you mentioned such a valid point, right? Preparing, preparing for life circumstances and events. But we also need to prepare for our own behavior because sometimes, if you're like me, you walk into a store, you see a nice fragrance, a nice pair of shoes, and then you decide, oh, well, I work so hard, let me reward myself. The impulsive purchases and decision making that we typically make. And maybe even when it comes to changing investment accounts, um, how do we manage that, especially when we might be, you know, bogged down by the negativity of a poor performance that we might be seeing in certain investment pockets we have. Yes, and I think that's something that all of us struggle with, Guru. So, I mean, the Nobel Prize winner, um, Daniel Kahneman, he's also a behavioral psychologist, and he's done much work on how we as humans are hardwired to make decisions that don't always serve as well. So we often act impulsively, automatically, intuitively, emotionally, as you said, So that is why when taking risks and making important decisions about our investments, it's better to think slow. So it's trying to encourage investors to think slow. Um, And some things that we could do is we could educate ourselves around various behavioral biases um, as a first step to mitigate their impact. We can also seek diverse perspectives when we find ourselves being emotional or wanting to do something that's not in line with our long-term goals. And then also collaborating with an independent advisor can also help us with our decision making. Um, And there's actually another research that was done um, by um, Davies. So um, he's also a behavioral behavioral psychologist. And he said that you can create decision prosthetics. So Mm. these are triggers that can influence our decisions in the moment or help us to make better decisions when we're likely to be acting impulsively. So they almost act as, um, yeah, so they, you know, it's, they help us to be more thoughtful and deliberate when we most, most need support. So, for example, if you struggle with overspending, then setting a low daily card limit is a good decision prospectic that restricts how much you can spend on any given day. Or leaving your credit card at home when you're running errands or feeling low or emotional. You know, those are all examples of decision prospectics that you can put in place. 
Uh, I get you. I'm so glad you mentioned the financial advisory or support that you can get from a professional because this is sometimes where we either hold back and we're too shy. Um, but I'm keen to understand again when you know for anyone who might be reevaluating their relationship with a financial advisor or looking to implement new goals and objectives. You know, just how clear and and transparent do we also need to be about um, the reality of our current financial situation, but also the objectives we hope to to attain. Yes, so, I mean, there are many different methods for setting and achieving different life goals, but not all of them will work for every goal. So because we're all different, what works for others may not work for you. So therefore, it's very important to find a method that resonates with you and is fit for purpose. And this is where a good independent financial advisor can also help you figure out what will work best for your financial goals. And that's why it's very important to be transparent about your specific circumstances. And in that scenario, the financial advisor can also be the voice of reason when you are tempted to deviate from your long-term plan. And I mean, as I said now, our goals, they depend on our personal priorities in life. And there's no generic set of goals that applies to everyone Mm -hmm. and no set timeline for achieving them. So even though certain goals may be similar in nature, we all have different timelines, risk profiles, personal circumstances, and our portfolios need to be constructed accordingly. And this is where a close relationship and a trusted relationship with an independent financial advisor is very important. And I think this is also, it also speaks to the importance of financial discipline, right? Making sure that um, uh, you get into the habit of, you know, sticking it out for the long term because the power of compound interest um, is often said to be what? The eighth wonder of the world? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so definitely does speak to a level of discipline we need. Such a pleasure to have you with us this evening, Maurice. Really appreciate the insights you've shared with us. If you missed it live, live, live. catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.